Welcome to the IEEE Quantum Podcast Series, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. This podcast series informs on the landscape of the quantum ecosystem and highlights projects and activities on quantum technology. This episode features Travis Humble, Director of the Quantum Computing Institute, discussing quantum technology, the current landscape, the IEEE Quantum Initiative, benchmarking activities, and how quantum computing might intersect with high-performance computing. Travis, thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. To start, can you tell us how you became involved with the IEEE Quantum Initiative, and how do you see it helping to advance quantum technologies? I became involved with IEEE many years ago when quantum technology was just becoming um, an interesting research topic. But in the past two years, I've actually become involved in the IEEE Quantum Initiative, which is run through the IEEE Future Directions Committee. The initiative is intended to establish a um, concerted effort within IEEE to build up uh, resources and a community around quantum engineering. And uh, my role as a co-chair for the initiative is to help chart um, uh, that path, uh, help build community and foster uh, communication and resources for others uh, to explore what does it mean to be a quantum engineer and, and how can IEEE help this growing interest in, uh, in quantum information. Um, the way that I see IEEE helping is in, is in multiple ways. Uh, the first is that by having a focal point for the discussion around quantum technologies, we're able to bring together people from different backgrounds and uh, different understandings of what it means to be an engineer and focus on how we can work together to build quantum technologies. Um, in specific ways, the IEEE has started developing an education initiative which uh, brings together not just educators, but also people interested in learning about uh, quantum information and quantum technologies. We have working groups focused on the development of benchmarks and metrics to help engineers evaluate and track progress in the development of quantum technologies. We have interactions with uh, industry, uh, largely through the uh, Quantum Economic Development Consortium, which enables us to uh, not only communicate information, uh, to the stakeholders of quantum technology, but also get back um, feedback on the readiness of industry to, to adopt these new ideas. And then finally, we are organizing a, uh, a large um, signature event called IEEE Quantum Week, which is focused on bringing together technical experts as well as um, uh, external stakeholders um, for a, a whole week in, uh, in the fall of, of 2020 to talk about the, the latest advances in quantum technology, the latest methods for benchmarks and metrics, um, especially quantum computing, which of course has captured a lot of people's imagination, and uh, ju just start a, a new trend in uh, building a quantum community within the IEEE. Given that there's some confusion around quantum computing, Travis, how would you describe today's general landscape? Quantum computing is definitely a topic that has captured the imagination. Um, whether you're thinking about Feynman's original vision that quantum computers can uh, support uh, simulations of nature, uh, or you, you know, one, of, one of the more recent advances that quantum computers may be able to provide a, uh, a type of um, uh, security uh, against uh, hackers and, uh, and uh, attack uh, encryption. 
Um, all of these topics capture the imagination on what quantum computers can and cannot do. Um, what I see most exciting at the moment is that, that, I, that the, uh, the quantum computing landscape is uh, ripe with opportunities. Um, some of these are technical opportunities. There are certainly a lot of good ideas being developed, and people are pursuing um, the best ones that they can find. There's just so many of them that the, um, the, the, the supply right now is, is enormous for, uh, for new quantum computing ideas. Uh, but there are also uh, opportunities to build community, uh, to develop relationships around uh, quantum computing, uh, you know, the integration of software and hardware. It, it seems such a natural piece of how we use computers today. But for a field that, you know, was born in fundamental physics and has over the last 20 to 30 years matured to the stage of attracting the interest of engineers and industry, um, those types of integration of capabilities and expertise are, are one of the key challenges at the moment. So the landscape right now is, is ripe with opportunities, but it's also um, um, littered with challenges that can be overcome by working together. This is where I see IEEE itself um, taking a stand uh, in, in the quantum computing landscape, is that it's a, a, way, a way for people to rally around the idea of working together and uh, pursuing these challenges, especially related to integration, benchmarks, education, um, that, that really we can't do by ourselves. And so, uh, so the landscape at the moment is, um, is of course, uh, you know, a challenge, but uh, there's so much to be gained from quantum computing that, that I see a lot of people um, becoming involved. So what are some of the current challenges facing quantum, and what are some foreseeable opportunities? There's quite a few challenges facing the, the quantum computing community at the moment. Perhaps one of the most pressing is the development of a workforce that not only understands quantum technologies, but can build on that understanding for new innovations and, and, and large-scale impacts. Um, the, the workforce initiative within the, the, the IEEE uh, in the past has had an, an enormous influence on um, you know, certifying individuals, uh, educating them, uh, providing standards and, and platforms for learning. Um, within the IEEE Quantum Initiative, we're trying to replicate similar efforts by bringing people together to focus on workforce development. And um, some of that starts early, you know, at the uh, uh, undergraduate and graduate education levels, uh, determining what are the, the right curricula and experiences that students need to to become, um, you know, educated and, and skilled in quantum technologies. Um, but then there are, uh, for those people already in the workplace, you know, how do you, how do you take on the, this new learning experience? How do you reskill yourself for a quantum economy? And uh, that's also something that the, the quantum initiative is focused on, is pulling together resources so that uh, people who are, are technically strong, especially in engineering, have a place to go to learn more about quantum technology and understand how it intersects with, uh, with their own uh, current experiences. That is uh, one of the things that the IEEE Quantum Initiative has done is to pull in the different councils and societies of IEEE that represent uh, the different parts of quantum technology. Uh, so of course, the Computer Society, the Photonics Society, uh, the Superconductivity Council, they all have natural places um, in which quantum technology intersects their own scope. 
but it is really the sum of those pieces that represents something new. And the IEEE Quantum Initiative is a way to, uh, to uh, counter that challenge. Probably the, the biggest near-term opportunity I see is IEEE Quantum Week. This is a week-long event uh, organized by the Quantum Initiative that brings together uh, subject matter experts in a, in a variety of different quantum technologies, all the way from the physics and the hardware up into the, um, the software and the logic, uh, as well as the applications. Um, you know, one of the, the workshops that we're highlighting at, uh, at Quantum Week is actually focused on the intersection of quantum computing and renewable energy where there, there appears to be a, um, a possibility that quantum computing technologies could help us better understand the, the design and development of uh, renewable energy resources. Uh, you know, I think that speaks to the types of opportunities that are available um, in the near term for people who even are not um, quantum experts can contribute to the, to the question of how can quantum technologies impact the, the broader uh, uh, issues that society faces. Uh, in addition to IEEE Quantum Week, there are, of course, uh, independent workshops and, um, as, I, as I noted earlier, uh, an education initiative that we're developing to uh, try to pull together the resources around curriculum development and workforce development. And uh, we have points of contact within the initiative who are helping organize that. Uh, as for myself, I lead a uh, benchmarks and metrics working group uh, which is largely composed of subject matter experts in quantum technologies. Uh, we meet quarterly online uh, to uh, have uh, discussions about what are the right ways to track progress of uh, quantum technologies. Is it measuring the error rates of individual components? Is it looking for um, performance advantages of, of quantum computing systems? Uh, these types of issues are exactly where we think that um, the near-term opportunities are. And of course, we welcome people uh, to join the effort uh, through, through the uh, quantum initiative. So what is the importance of benchmarking? How is it taking place in the quantum space? And what are its impacts in helping to advance the technology? Um, and, and certainly one of the, the hardest questions that we're facing at the moment. Um, quantum information technology is still relatively uh, young as a field of study. Um, there is a diversity of different technologies under consideration, all the way from superconducting electronics to trapped ions to photons, uh, even to, to quantum materials that exhibit exotic uh, particles, uh, quasi-particles. Um, that, of course, that diversity as a, for a technology base, of course, complicates our understanding of what's the right way to measure performance. Um, Traditional measures of performance focused on time and energy and size and uh, these types of metrics um, are, are still good, but when we look at the component levels, uh, the individual gates and qubits that make up quantum technologies, there's not yet a clear consensus on the right way of measuring those, um, the performance of those pieces in order to inform and forecast long-term performance of systems. And this is exactly what the uh, Quantum Initiative is trying to help uh, facilitate that conversation, encourage uh, subject matter experts to participate, encourage the uh, end user stakeholders to participate, because their, their insights into what is the most critical part of quantum computing for their applications and their uses is also uh, an important part of that conversation. 
And through the, the working group that we've established, uh, we actually bring these people together to, to spur that discussion. Um, it's always a lively discussion. There's, there is a, uh, so many different ways to, uh, to approach this issue. Um, of course, we can look at things like error rates, but then we can also look at things like uh, absolute uh, advantages in time and, and, and performance, accuracy. Um, so there's so much to discuss, and um, what we are doing at the moment is trying to put together a uh, working document of best practices that highlight what are the, the ways that are available today to monitor advances in quantum technology. The, the consensus um, over time will eventually pick from those best practices what may be standards or benchmarks for, for the long term. But in the near term, just bringing together the best ideas and the best people to talk about them is, uh, is how we're addressing this. We hear a lot about high-performance computing. How do you see quantum computing playing within the high-performance computing ecosystem? I actually think there is a, um, a very strong intersection between the types of performance advantages we expect quantum computers to provide and the types of performance use cases that high-performance computing systems have. Um, I'll just be a little bit more specific. Uh, at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, where I work, we actually build some of the, the United States' largest uh, supercomputing facilities, uh, specifically to focus on scientific computing. And the model that we've adopted in those designs is largely based on an accelerator model where we're using graphical processing units and, and other um, uh, computational accelerators to uh, offload specifically hard, challenging tasks that can be best handled by a, by a special purpose processor uh, like a GPU. Well, in the future, I can certainly imagine a high-performance computing system that uses quantum processing units, or QPUs, as accelerators for uh, challenging scientific calculations and, frankly, uh, probably many other calculations as well. So at the moment, however, quantum computing is not yet ready to be integrated tightly with our high-performance computing ecosystem. It is still more of a um, proof-of-principle and feasibility assessment phase. Uh, we are currently testing and evaluating these technologies um, to just to understand how they are, uh, are best used. Um, what are the scientific applications that a quantum computer could, could best be used to solve? And, you know, it's certainly not everything, but, but there's already indications that problems in chemistry, material science, um, high-energy physics, uh, each of these has a natural affinity to a quantum mechanical computation that gives us hope that the, the long-term vision for high-performance computing does include quantum computers as a part of an accelerated uh, architecture. For individuals who want to learn more about quantum computing, what resources are available? Great question. Uh, right now, we are seeing an enormous growth in the number of people who are interested in learning about quantum technologies. And, you know, some of this is uh, interest in hands-on experience with quantum computers. Others are interested in learning more about the, uh, the methods that you use to build quantum devices. Uh, and then, of course, there's always those who, who want to learn so they can teach others. Um, at the, the, the website quantum.ieee.org uh, is a collection of resources uh, specifically for education as well as many other topics that the Quantum Initiative has put together. 
And so I certainly encourage people to use that as a starting point. But um, I will say that within the, the, the national ecosystem, and certainly within the United States and, uh, and globally as well, uh, there are opportunities for uh, online classes, hands-on uh, programming, quantum hackathons, um, and, and other events like this where in our largely virtual environment today, uh, individuals can sign up um, and within a few hours have gotten the very basics about what quantum technology is. Now, the long-term development of those skills is something where I think universities and uh, other programs focused around education are actually essential. Uh, because while you can get started in quantum very easily, in order to make a long-term contribution and even to make a, a career out of this area, it is necessary to, um, to, to stay up to date with the, the latest in the technology. It's a fast-moving field. Um, some of the, the largest companies are, are putting a lot of effort into uh, workforce development. Um, you know, I mentioned hackathons earlier. Uh, IBM and Microsoft uh, are just two examples of the, the, the companies that are now seeing that the development of a quantum workforce is an important part of their long-term strategic um, uh, advancements. And you can find these online. Uh, you can go through the, uh, the website I mentioned earlier, quantum.ieee.org. Uh, look under the, um, the Education tab uh, just to, as a place to get started on uh, what's the type of resources available for learning more about um, uh, quantum information. Thank you for listening to our interview with Travis Humble. Learn more about the IEEE Quantum Initiative by visiting our web portal at quantum.ieee.org.